0: Hi friends, it's Livy. Today's solo episode. This was actually not the episode that was supposed to come out today, but I've been thinking a lot about the concept of empathy. And this thinking and self reflecting has mainly to do with everything. That is going on in the united states right now between debates about gun control horrific mass shootings the overturning of roe v wade i have been thinking a lot on the concept of empathy because of these situations and how important it is that we develop the ability to put ourselves in other people's shoes to really take a moment to pull ourselves out of our situation and our mindsets and turn ourselves outward at others and really try to feel what they are feeling and i also want to bring up the topic of empathy because i think when it comes to emotional skills for some reason we decide decided to categorize them as the soft skills or touchy feely skills or empathy, meaning that you are soft headed or soft hearted. And I wanted to reiterate that that is simply not the case. Empathy is humanness and the lack of teaching empathy and developing empathy is the core of so many of our societal struggles us labeling empathy and emotional intelligence as soft skills or almost society creating this aura of weakness around emotional development is very harmful because these skills and devel- developing them are the core of our humanness And as we develop them, we learn to human better. And as we learn to human better, we change the community around us, we change the people around us, and we change the society around us. And that is an incredibly powerful thing. Empathy is an incredibly powerful thing. And I wanted, on the topic of empathy, I wanted to read you a story from my book that is a little more lighthearted and i think will um, be a fun listen and it speaks to the topic of empathy and although this is a very small example i think it's a great reminder of the way our capacity for empathy affects the people around us so this this excerpt is from my book The Sooner You Know the Better from chapter 10, which is titled The Girl Who Cried Lion. Two words, headrest TV. If your childhood consisted of this seemingly lovely invention, and it brings back fond memories of family, road trips, or watching Lightning McQueen miss winning the Piston Cup in an act of empathy and love, I'm happy for you. Now, if you didn't have a DVD player strapped to the back of a parent or guardian's headrest growing up, I'm here to tell you, you missed nothing. I said this invention is, quote, seemingly lovely for a reason. Truly, it is a gateway to years of night sweats and sleepwalking. This is my extreme way of telling you that this invention was the source of unlocking my biggest childhood fear, lions. Around the age of eight, I was sitting in the back of our silver Nissan with my sister, eating my road trip treat of choice, a long yellow banana Laffy Taffy. We had probably just finished watching Hairspray for the 20th time, and my dad returned from the gas station Redbox with his choice of movie, Prey. He popped it into our headrest TVs and exclaimed, I've been waiting to watch this one. Let me know what you guys think. Why my dad felt he had the exact same taste in movies as his eight-year-old daughter and was asking for her feedback, I have no idea. How my mom, the woman that didn't even like me watching The Incredible Hulk at that age, didn't notice this rated R thriller being placed into our screens, I also have no idea. There, I sat in my Spongebob t-shirt with my stuffed giraffe in hand. My eyes are fixated upon my father's movie selection, watching a group of stranded safari tourists getting ripped apart on a jeep windshield by lion fangs bigger than my forearms. My childhood fear had officially been unlocked. From that day on, I became less of a fan of the zoo and even less of a fan of the movie Life of Pi that came out four years later. In Life of Pi, it's a tiger, but regardless, any big cat had become a giant no from me. Why that fear lasted so long, I simply could not tell you. Especially considering we lived in the suburbs of Utah with absolutely no threat of lions coming to eat my face off one thing i do remember from the years of lion-based nightmares was how my mom's patience and love for me were truly tested shout out to mama leah for passing the test with flying colors i remember my mom always being accepting and empathetic when i showed up in her doorway at three in the morning like that i threw up meme You guys know that one with the little alien guy? Yeah, that was me. That was me. And I would show up in her doorway once again explaining that I had woken up to a dream about a lion coming out of my closet and ripping off my limbs. Not once do I remember my mom getting angry with me or telling me that I just needed to stop being scared. She would hug me, sing songs with me, sleep next to me, kindly talk to me about whether or not lions really were an immediate threat. She didn't coddle but she listened. Bless her heart, considering from an adult's perspective, this fear was absolutely ridiculous. Regardless, she was able to access empathy for me in those, in those moments, almost every time I woke her up from the bliss of deep sleep. And I think that's a beautiful thing we can all learn from. As an adult, I've asked my mom why she was so patient with me through years and years of nightmares and night sweats. She said it was two things that allowed her to access empathy at 3 a.m. multiple times a week. Gratitude and remembering her own childhood. She would see me in the doorway and think about how much she loved being a mom, especially since the medical road to popping out two kids of her own took just under 10 years and was far from easy. My mom would also access empathy by thinking of herself as a little girl. She told me, as a child, she would have nightmares, too. She'd wake up terrified and waddle down the hallway to her mom, who was almost always awake, it seemed, and was probably up doing laundry for their low-income family of 12. Her mom was always so loving and gentle with her in those moments, regardless of how tired she undoubtedly was. She didn't coddle, but she listened. On top of that, my mom told me that when she was a girl, she couldn't make it through the night at any sleepover. She'd get too scared. Because of those experiences in her own childhood, when I showed up panicking about another lion nightmare, my mom would recall her own memories. She knew what it felt like to be that scared little girl at their mom's bedside. That empathy in my childhood was the foundation of my trust in my mom in high school, college, and now. I knew she would always try to empathize with me no matter what crap I'd done or said. Accessing empathy when it is the hardest is one of the purest actions of love we can take. That is the end of the story. I'm going to read you one more piece from this chapter. I won't read the entire chapter, but I also want to read you the piece about what empathy is. And this section of the chapter is titled... What is empathy? How do we build it and why do we need to work on it? Empathy is a key to a happy life and growing into our most ethereal selves. Empathy for others and empathy for ourselves is how we let love is how we let love is how we let love in when we need it most. And love is the core of our existence. Empathy is defined as the action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experience of another, of either the past or present, without having the feelings, thoughts, and experience fully communicated in in an objectively explicit manner. Empathy is feeling with someone. Empathy is using what you know about pain, fear, and shame to put yourself in someone else's situation by considering their perspective, background, limitations, and values. There's a video from years ago on YouTube that describes what empathy looks like and what makes it different from sympathy. In the book, I have a QR code that you can scan, but since this is my podcast, I will link the video in the show notes or you can also google Brene Brown on empathy and it should come up it's a it's a little cartoon that goes along with her talking but essentially the synopsis of the video I also include in the book and I write empathy is choosing to take a ladder and enter a dark hole that someone else is in and feel the reality of that darkness with them as best you can sympathy is chucking a sandwich and some crossword puzzles into that hole and wishing them the best. If you are currently trying to or having a hard time accessing empathy for someone you love, here are a few things that might help. So as I go into the chapter a little bit more, I write about how you can access empathy a little bit deeper. But the main thing I wanted to get across today is the value of empathy and what it is and how important it is that we work to develop our empathy if we want to live a wholehearted life and allow the people around us to to also live that wholehearted life and help each other as a community of people grow and access and create and share our light also also later in the chapter i talk about not only how to access empathy for others, but also for yourself. So if that is something you struggle with, that chapter will definitely help you. Thank you for listening. I hope this helped you reflect a bit or or gave you some clarity or gave you some ideas about how you can develop empathy or help those around you develop empathy. Thank you so much for listening. You are all amazing. I hope you have a lovely week and we'll talk soon.